Good evening. Um, my name is Gail. I am a compulsive overeater and anorexic. I uh, qualify because when I came back in in uh, 2009, I was 360 pounds or more. And uh, my lowest weight as an adult was 109 pounds. So I definitely have the disease. It goes both ways. I have people tell me they wish they could be uh, get a touch of anorexia, but um, as horrible as it is to be grossly obese, the insanity that I experienced um, with my anorexia uh, drove me to trying to commit suicide. Um, my phone number, I live in Los Angeles, outside of Los Angeles, 818-679-4336. Uh, um, let's see. I came into these rooms originally through uh, the beverage program and my first actual 12-step meeting <clears throat> was when I was 18 years old. My dad took me to uh, the beverage program because I had been arrested um, for grand theft auto and narcotics and uh, my Food addiction started long before the uh, drug and alcohol problems. Uh, as a young child, uh, I didn't like food. I didn't like the way it felt in my mouth. And I was very picky. And I used it as a tool to manipulate. <laughs> um, I was very stubborn. I had many of the symptoms of being uh, an addict. Uh, I didn't feel like I got enough attention. I didn't feel like things were going my way. And uh, I surely see that I controlled people by not eating. Uh, I could sit there. I had a stubborn streak. I could sit there for an hour, hour and a half after a meal. And I can remember vividly my mom saying, well, if you don't finish this meal, you're going to have it for breakfast. And uh, I think I moved the food around a lot and probably dropped some on the floor and ate a little. But around the age of six, um, my compulsive eating kind of kicked in. And, you know, for me, food is a symptom. Uh, the recovery is a spiritual one. Lord knows I have um, been on enough diets. <laughs> I wish they worked. They don't work for me. But... Uh, I can remember my mom telling me that, um, I don't know what happened to you. And it was around the age of six. I can remember my first compulsive bite. I think my mom was gone. And I asked my dad if I could have something. And he said, well, in fact, he was in the bathroom at the time. And I figured it was an opportunity. And uh, he said, yeah, you can have it. But I don't know why you'd want that. And uh, so I went and got a big spoon of this stuff. And uh, I can remember, I just go, oh, you know, that relief, whatever was going on in my life at a, at, as a six-year-old. Um, I think I really started dieting when I was around the age of nine. Um, we had lived in Hollywood, and my parents uh, built a home out in uh, Somar. And uh, I went from third grade to fourth grade, and all the girls were dieting, and I think I needed to diet. And uh, also, uh, my mom was concerned about my weight, and uh, 
It could be in between 9 and 11, I think, probably close to 11, uh, when she started giving me this uh, beverage that uh, was very popular uh, in the 50s. It was called Metrical, and it was like a liquid protein drink. And she would feed my brother. I had a younger brother and a younger sister. And she would feed them, and we would sit down to dinner, and she would give me a glass of this stuff. And I was on cleanup committee. So after everybody left the kitchen, boy, I was into the leftovers. I mean, it was crazy. And I was always in the deep freezer. Um, I really wasn't much overweight. I was very active. And uh, around the age, uh, and during that time, too, I had a friend that um, she had a single mother. And she had a, a weight problem, and so she was going to go to the diet doctor. And back then, they would give you speed. Um, so I got these three colored pills, and I can still remember in the box, the little teeny boxes, there was red, yellow, and green. And um, yeah, I was a pretty speedy young child, <laughs> and my mom let me go. Um, I was on a million diets. Uh, I never, I'm five foot eight, so. I believe when I graduated, I was about 145, and I was just obsessed with everybody's weight and my weight, and I always felt like I was overweight, and uh, I think at around the age of 20 is when I really started packing on the weight. I think I probably went up to about 180, 190. And then, of course, I was in and out of relationships, and. Um, uh, in and out, I was arrested like four or five times. Um, my addiction kind of went from drugs and alcohol, food, you know, men, <laughs> compulsively working. I think I think there's like 90 or 100 12-step <laughs> uh, programs. I probably qualify for a good many one of them, but my major ones were the uh, drinking and the food. And, um, you know, when I was in my 20s, I always worked. I always had a place to live. I moved out when I was 17. My parents got divorced when I was 15. And that's when I started drinking. And I went to a Catholic high school, too. And when I got arrested, I had just been out of school about seven months. And here I am in jail. Um, if I could have been arrested for food, my, I can remember my 57 Chevy was just full of food wrappers. But, you know, I worked compulsively and I was always active, so I didn't have too much of a problem. But I would say about 20, 21 is when I really started putting on weight back and forth, back and forth. And uh, in my mid-20s, my sponsor had me do a, she has a 30 question. This was when I came back in 2009. Uh, well, let me back up. I got sober December 16th, 1982, and I got abstinent in uh, 1983 in March. I don't remember the date, but I do remember a girl had taken me under her wing, and uh, she was telling me to go to all these AA meetings. And one night I showed up, and I was over 200 pounds at this time, probably about 225. And uh, I was wearing white sweatpants and I was sober and I just felt so good, you know, that I wasn't drinking anymore. And she said, you know, Gail, 
at your weight, you should not really be wearing white sweatpants. But she said, I don't know if you've ever heard of this program. And Lord knows I heard of every different diet and, uh, you know, tried them all. I think the only two things I didn't really do is uh, uh, have my mouth wired, which I thought was a great idea, or have a stomach stapling. And the reason for those two things that I didn't do was because I knew it was a Band-Aid on my problem. Because somewhere in my deepest part of me, I knew I had no control over my food because on one day I could be great and just eat very normal. And then the next day I couldn't stop. And I would look around and I, I really thought I was the only person who ate this way, very self-centered. I had no idea that there was a program that based, you know, and dealt with this kind of thing because I went to doctors. I, like I said, when I was young, I went and got these pills. I did my own type of diets with drugs, you know, just many different things. But I knew that if I got the stomach stapling, I could just binge right through it. You know, if I something happened that I couldn't handle, you know, I would go to the food. So, um, like I tried all these different things, and around the age of 27, uh, I was working in Beverly Hills, and one of my clients uh, said, "You know, you really need to lose weight." It was a man, and I think he had ulterior motives, but. Um, he said, I want to pay for this for you. He said, there's a place in Century City. Uh, it's the protein sparing fast diet. And that was really the beginning of my demise. I mean, that's where I really hit bottom. And I do believe for myself that I had to hit a bottom so low that um, this was the only thing left, like they say, the last house on the block. So I went and um, I did this protein-sparing fast diet, and then it became Gail's diet because I found that I could not eat, you know, for days at a time. I went from the protein to nothing. And uh, this, I don't have many pictures of when I was really young, but I saw a picture, a few. I was really, 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 really too thin. And, um, you know, the thing that I didn't like food and I was controlling with it, um, it led me to believe that, you know, this was a deep down thing that I did to control my environment and for myself because I couldn't control what was going on. There was violence in my home and craziness. And if it happened in today's world, we would have been taken out of the home. Um, it looked like Ozzy and Harriet from the outside, but inside it was totally crazy and it caused me a lot of angst and um, shame and guilt. And I would call the police on my dad and, uh, you know, just crazy. So I went on this protein sparing fast and I got to my weight and I thought, well, I don't have to go anymore because now I've got it under control. I can go for weeks without eating. And, um, you know, if I eat too much, I'll just starve. I'll just stop eating for a week or two weeks. Or And I, I was doing this. It was so bad for my body. I can't believe it. I'm 70. I'll be 73 in about a month. And uh, I don't take any medication, which is an absolute miracle for what I did to myself. But uh, I would do that. I would stop eating for days and weeks at a time and then binge. And uh, that's the real cycle where it started to really get, you know, got me to the bottom. 
And uh, this went on for about a year, year and a half. And then I got into a relationship and then I tried to commit suicide. I took strychnine and ended up at the hospital. And that's when I was about 108, 109 pounds. And I just thought if I could just get under 100 pounds, you know, I tried and tried that everything would magically, you know, be solved. And I have learned through the steps and through people in these rooms, um, that's not the solution. You know, it's not the weight. It's my not accepting life on life's terms. So I ended up in the hospital and got on these heavy meds and, you know, still didn't hit bottom. So now I'll move up. I mean, I dieted and lost weight, gained weight, in and out of relationships. Uh, come uh, December 16th, 1982, I got sober. And then in March, I went to my first OA meeting and it was like, OMG, I could not believe. I went, um, I live uh, in Glendale and there's the Glendale Memorial Hospital. And back then in 83, uh, many hospitals allowed uh, OA meetings and they had inpatient and outpatient for uh, compulsive eating and eating disorders. And the very first meeting I went to, there were 200 people. They had a stage. I can still remember it. And I'm hearing things that I never thought anybody else did, you know, about eating out of the trash and about saying, okay, I'm finished with this. I'll just throw it away and then bring it back and eating off other people's plates because this is what I did. You know, I waitressed a lot and I, um, I, it didn't bother me to just pick up food that somebody hadn't eaten and I would just eat it or put it on a plate and take it home. So I jumped in with both feet, um, got a sponsor. I think I was around 225, 230. And uh, I chose a sponsor who had a lot of time. She was about 70 years old and she had quite a bit of recovery. And uh, it's interesting how things, maybe not interesting, but, you know, I remember these things she would say, you know, do when you do your inventory, do it thorough. She took me through the steps. We did my inventory. And um, the thorough part of it, you know, the rigorous honesty that I dealt with at that time, I thought I would not disclose some of the things that I did. and. I just felt like like my life depended on it, that I needed to be as honest as I could. So I read her my inventory and... Um, Gentle reminder, you have five minutes. Oh, great. Thank you. So um, I heard also this in program that you're not supposed to date for the first year, but boy, I was chomping at the bit because I had dropped most of my weight within it, you know, from March to December, and I got involved in a relationship, and I replaced food with a man, and uh, we eventually got married, and uh, I abstained through my pregnancy. I have a son who's 36 years old, and uh, after he was born, I lost my weight, and I separated when I was three months pregnant, and I abstained, did everything, but when we went through the divorce, I could not do it. 
and I stopped going to meetings and I stayed sober. I have over 40 years, but I could not do the food. Uh, once we went to court, I and I thought, well, I can accept this. And um, I slowly, over the time, raising him on my own, you know, they talk about it in the big book, and I know this. I know it like my breath, that we cannot have resentment. But I had enough resentment for this man and um, that I lost my abstinence, but I did not lose my sobriety. And I knew that if I drank, that he would surely take my child away. So here I go. Um, 19 years did not go to an OA meeting. And on February 9th, 2009, I was 59 years old. I went to a meeting and uh, I got abstinent that day. And I had tried over the years. This is, I, I've learned from, you know, experience. I can't do this alone. I need you more than you need me. And I'm just another bozo on the bus. And this is my story. This is my life. And um, I get so much recovery when I hear others share about their experience, strength, and hope. So I got abstinent. My brother, God bless his soul, he passed away. But on February 9th, he said, you know, you were so happy before. Why don't you go back to OA? And I said, oh, I've been thinking of it. And all these years, I didn't go. And I went to a meeting and I got abstinent and a woman reached her hand out to me. And that's another thing I've learned, to reach my hand out to the next person. Because I can't keep it, you know. So I got abstinent. I lost the weight. And um, my life has just miraculously changed. Um, I, I will tell you, I fell down when I was obese and I could not get up on my own. Um, I can hike now eight to 10 miles. Um, I exercise. I go to five to seven meetings um, studying for uh, a test. I want to go to law school. And um, yeah, I'm still working. I still have not totally recovered from the money. <laughs> Gail, you're muted. Because I stayed home and I worked from home. But, uh, you know, I have so much hope today. And all I can say that I can share is I'm just so glad when I went to meetings. I told this woman when I first started working with her in 2009, um, you know, what my, she said, make your abstinence wide so that you can get some time. And I always think of it as the Arc de Triomphe, like in Paris, that I can tailor it, but I picked one thing that was my binge, and I haven't had it uh, since 2009, don't want it. Um, went through the pandemic, uh, healthy, grateful, do a lot of writing. Um, Currently, I, uh, my mother passed away a year ago in May, and I'm not really sure she had a trust. Uh, I was in the trust, and she kind of um, went into dementia, 
and the trust changed and I was removed. I'm not sure if it was her or my five sisters. Um, but today, <clears throat> you know, I did a little work around it and I just can't believe it. You know, my mother is not my supplier. My higher power is my supplier. And I've learned about resentment and hatred and anger. And I can't have it in my life today. I worked the steps um, earlier to the Okay. Well, I am so grateful to be uh, here at this meeting. Thank you for asking me to share my experience, strength, and hope. Again, my phone number is 818-679-4336. And now I look forward to hearing from uh, other shares. Thank you. Do you have a topic for us, Gail? Um, gratitude. Gratitude. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. Okay. Gratitude. Okay. All right. Hello again. This is Nancy, your moderator. You can listen to Gail's share for the next 24 hours by calling 712-432-5203 with the same PIN as this meeting, 428-5115-POUND, to listen to previously shared recordings on the OA100pounders.org. The seven traditions states that each group be fully self-supporting. Donations help us live into this tradition. The easiest way to donate is to go to our website, oa100pounders.org. Under the menu, select the seventh tradition option and follow the prompt. Now, um, if you don't want to donate to the OA100, you can donate to the virtual intergroup because they need the money. Um, so it's a good, good suggestion. Marathon meetings, same phone line and PIN number. Host marathon meetings around regularly scheduled meetings from 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. Meeting uh, marathon meeting will be where are we? I think it's Memorial Day, May 29th. Valuing my own voice and others live and let live. And for June we have Gay Pride celebration. That's June 1st. Believe in yourself. How am I letting in my true light? How am I letting my true light shine? And then Sunday, June 18th, Father's Day, Ninth Step Promises. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us that we could not do on our alone. Okay. This is the time when we share items that specifically pertain to this meeting. Other announcements can be made at the end of the meeting as time allows. June will begin the new quarter. This is a time when a number of service positions become open. Please pray for direction and willingness to do service. This meeting is an urgent need of a DASH coordinator. If interested, please call Kathy T. at 620-660-5357. And my suggestion also, if you can't donate a bunch of time, you could uh, find a co-coordinator and you both could co-coordinate the dash. Um, So again, if you're interested in uh, 
volunteering, call Kathy T. 620-660-5357. Also, we need a speaker getter. Contact Renee N. at capital O, capital A, the number four, Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at gmail.com. If you're interested in being moderator or backup moderator, please call Kathy T. at 620-660-5357. The first Monday of each month is dedicated to our business meeting. Everyone is welcome to add something to the agenda. Please contact Sherry. I'm not sure if that's right, but I'm pretty sure it is. 908-217-6972 Eastern Time. Our next business meeting will be June 5th, and that'll be a Monday. We dedicate the next few minutes to welcoming newcomers. A newcomer could be someone who is returning or new to this meeting. Um, we invite you to give your first name and initial of your last, first initial of your last name by pressing star one, star one if you want support. Oh, I forgot to turn off the recorder. Sorry, let me turn it on.